0: play now, put me in the game now, I came here to prove it, I'm ready to do it, I can't be afraid now, put me on the stage now, I'm ready to rage now, I feel like an animal stuck in a cage and I'm ready to break out. How are you? It is Friday, has everybody got that Friday feeling? I most certainly have. And welcome to the third live stream of this week. This is a and a with Jay. Now, the most important thing about a Q&A, ladies and gents, is that you ask questions, because then it's just going to be an A with Jay, an answer with Jay, because I'm going to have to make some questions up. Now, I do have some questions from Instagram, which I'm going to be answering first, but I want to know your questions, be it nutrition, be it training, be it mindset, be it productivity, be it anything, apart from football, of course. Because I don't know the answers to that because I don't watch football. Okay, so more body, brain and business. They're the kind of things that I like to drop the knowledge bombs on and hope you are well this fine and cold and fresh Friday. It's been very fresh outside. I woke up this morning about getting ready for my C-dip, checked the temperature and it was minus two. Very cold, very, very cold, but very, very refreshing. Made me have a big smile on my face and uh, loving the sea dips in the cold. So without further ado, please ask your questions and I will be getting them up on the screen after I've answered uh, some from my Instagram. So let's get the Instagram ones up first. The first one is from Kevin and Kevin asked a very good question. Aren't sea dips dangerous in sub zero temperatures? Firstly, Great question, Kev. Are C-dips dangerous in sub-zero temperatures? And something that I like to say to people all the time is that danger is most certainly in the dosage. If you have heart conditions, do I recommend that you go for a, a dip in sub-zero temperatures? No. One thing that you have to understand with anything is that you need to build up to it. If I took a person to the gym that's never lifted weights before, whack three plates aside on the barbell and say, go on, squat that. That's going to be very dangerous for that person. Why? Because that person's never squatted in their life. And the weight of that squat is far too heavy and far too dangerous for that person. And this is the same that I look at when it comes to C-dips. I I just want to explain my C-dip journey to you. Two years ago, I decided to do cold showers. It was actually February 2018 that I did a cold shower challenge. It was 30 days in a row of cold showers. I hated the first two weeks. Then I started to enjoy it. And then I really started to enjoy cold showers. But one of the main focuses for cold showers for me was to get into sea dips because I live by the sea and I've always wanted to do sea dips. But I didn't have the bollocks to do it. So I started off with cold showers and then worked my way up. And then I started with sea dips Now, I didn't go in every single day at first. What I'd go in is maybe twice a week. That's about it. And when it got to the winter of 2018, uh, sorry, yeah, 2018, I stopped my sea dips uh, because it was getting too dark and I like to go for a walk in the dark. And of course, I'm a little bit more dangerous going into an ice cold sea in pitch black. Not, not something that I would recommend, and most certainly too dangerous to do, because you know, it's, it, one would argue that yeah, it could, there is an element of danger when doing cold sea dips, but you have increased that danger when nobody can see you. At least when I do the sea dips, a lot of people do see me uh, in the in the uh, in the sea, but. I started to build up to it, and it's been almost two years now of doing C dips. And of course, since March last year, I went from doing kind of one or two C dips a week to doing C dips every single day, or at least every single day that I can. There are obviously days where uh, I'm unable to because of work or because of getting up early or because of having to do something else, but it's rare. I would say out of the year of doing C-dips, I've probably missed three or four. But this is the same as power walks for me. You know, I get up in the morning, go for a walk. I go seven days a week. Uh, and I never used to do seven days a week. I used to just, just do Monday to Friday, but I feel weird now if I don't, just as much as I feel weird not going in the seat. So back to your question, I know I'm a rabbit hole down, are C-dips dangerous? No. If you build up to anything, you get you learn to adapt and you get used to it. And I don't recommend a beginner start by just jumping in the sea for five minutes. What I recommend is if you want to get into sea dips, firstly, my recommendation is to probably do it in the winter because if you could do it in the harsher times, when it starts to get a little bit warmer and it starts to get to summer, the sea dips will be much more enjoyable and easier and longer. Um, Potentially start in the summer first and then... What happens is it gets colder, so you adapt to it in summer and then go down. I don't like that. I like to go straight in head first. Have somebody with you. Of course, That is that that can be very, very important. And and don't go in for too long. It's called a dip. And, you know, for, for me, I probably do about two to three minutes in the morning. So essentially, don't get caught up into the, oh, that's dangerous, oh, this, that, and the other. Do your own review, build up to anything, and you can adapt to almost anything. I mean, Jesus Christ, there's people that do sword swallowing for a living, for Christ's sake. And if, I, if you were to say to me, what's more dangerous, sword swallowing or sea dipping I'd most certainly say sword swallowing. And also, no one's got a gun to your head. You don't need to do sea dips So are they dangerous? It depends. Danger is always in the dosage. But great question, Kev, uh, and thank you for that. So let me get rid of that one and this one. Charlie, great question. You seem you li- you least seem happy and driven. Uh, what keeps you so motivated and positive? What keeps me so motivated and positive? A lot of it comes down to firstly understanding motivation. I'm not motivated all the time. I'm just disciplined. Something that I say probably ten times a day. Motivation is doing things when you feel like doing it. And discipline is doing things regardless of how you feel. And if you rely on motivation to get shit done, you won't get much shit done. What you need to do is discipline yourself to do things regardless of how you feel because the after effects of doing them are better. And there's lots of things that we don't want to do. And I, and the funny thing is, is when I become more disciplined to do things, it's the things that I do that make me happy. So a lot of the time, I don't want to go for a C-dip. I'll be honest, I don't want to go... Who wants... It's minus two this morning... Who wants to dip in the sea? Not me. But I discipline myself to do it because I know it makes me feel happier for the rest of the day. I don't always want to exercise, especially as the gyms are closed at the moment because I've had to have a bit of a home gym set up and I don't necessarily like training at home. But I discipline myself to do it because I know that I'm going to feel better when I'm looking after myself better, when my body looks better because I'm training it. And when I've done the work and I've released those endorphins after I've done the work, But if I was just relying on the feeling before doing that, I'm not going to do it. So the causation of being disciplined makes you happier because you tick the boxes and you do the things which you know that you need to do. So my answer to that is really discipline. There are lots of things that you do not want to do day to day, but you need to discipline yourself to do them anyway because you know that if you do, it will make you happier. And happiness is not something that just suddenly occurs okay it doesn't just suddenly fall on your lap and go oh look there's happiness you have to work towards happiness you have to train towards happiness you have to it, it is something that you can build up it's not something that somebody has or doesn't have you've got to take action and do the work like if you say to yourself i'm unhappy the next answer to that is why are you unhappy And let's obviously make sure that it's not something medical because if it is, then of course that's something that needs to be sorted. Let's delve into the non-medical happiness. A lot of the times people are saying to me, I'm happy, they're unhappy and then I look at what they're doing day to day. They're not exercising. They're not chasing their goals. They're not becoming better at things. They're not building relationships with people. They're not doing a lot of things. So the answer is to do those things. And, you know, the thing is it's not easy to do those things but then that comes back down to that discipline i don't you know i'm unhappy because i'm unhappy with the way that i look but i'm unhappy you know the way i'm unhappy the way that i look so i'm not doing the work and i'm not doing the work because i don't feel like doing it cool so we've really understood what's wrong there we need to understand why we need to do the work we need to understand that actually being disciplined is going to make us feel better because we're going to get those endorphin endorphins released from doing it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we need to take action because we can't expect someone to give us a magical pill or tap us on the back or say, or go, oh, here's some, here's some motivational quote for you. That's going to help you. We need to do the work. Something that I say all the time with my clients is that I can give you the map and show you where the buried treasure is, but you're the one who has to dig down deep and get it because I can't help you with that. And... This is so, so important. So, I believe happiness is taking action, doing the things that you want to do and you said that you're going to do and achieving things. You always feel great when you achieve things. So, if you're constantly setting yourself things to do, working towards those things and not being caught up in the negativity of life and the bullshit, then you're going to feel great. You know, I have a very busy working schedule and that doesn't allow me to sit in my home feeling sorry about for myself about being in lockdown, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm, you know, I'm very fortunate to be in that position that I have a, you know, I have a very rewarding career where I, you know, I'm always working on something. I've got a great family, but that a lot of that comes down to gratitude as well. And it's something that I've had to work incredibly hard on doing incredibly hard. And I've made many mistakes from doing it too. Um, hopefully that answers your question, but yeah, I mean, happiness is something that you need to work on. And it's not easy. It is not easy. It's fucking hard. Top two favorite books I've read. Okay, so my top two favorite books. It's very hard to put a finger on my top two books. And I want to kind of recommend two that are my favorite that are going to benefit you. So number one, I'm just looking at my bookshelf now. Number one is Mindset by Carol Dweck. That is certainly going to help people. And that is one of my favorite books. And then the second one is Atomic Habits by James Clear. That's actually a book that I'm going to smash out again for the fourth time uh, in Jan because it is another fantastic book which I highly recommend people um, people read. So number one, Mindset by Carol Dweck. And number two, Atomic Habits by James Clear. Two fantastic books which are really going to help you get healthier, happier, fitter and stronger. How do you mentally prepare for each day ahead? okay so how do I mentally prepare for each day ahead a lot of it comes down to my habits and routines and my disciplines so my morning routine is I'll get up early I' will go downstairs I will put 15 minutes on my on my time on my on my watch and I will do 15 minutes of stretching I will then do 15 minutes of reading which I'll read a chapter and then I will catch up on my phone for about 15 minutes then I'll go for a walk which I'll get four to six thousand steps in I'll go for a dip in the sea I'll come back and I will get breakfast and I'll head off to work and that is my morning routine which really sets me up to win for the day Uh, my evening routine I make sure that this thing is on charge at 8 p.m and this thing is left downstairs I do not take my mobile phone in the bedroom do not take your mobile phone in the bedroom. That's the worst thing you can do, especially if you are looking at your phone before you go to bed. Uh, I most certainly do not do that. So I make sure that I go to bed at a reasonable time, something that blows people's minds. You know, I don't like to go to bed past 10 p.m. unless it's the weekend. Um, And even then, you know, it might be only about 10.30 because I... The biggest game changer in the world for your productivity, your happiness, and life is getting enough sleep, which isn't easy when you've got an 18-month-old son and um, and a a seven-year-old as well that likes to come in every single day at quarter past six. But luckily, I get up around that time at the moment, so it's handy. So... My morning routine and evening routine is important and making sure that I'm I'm ticking the boxes and getting things done. You know, I felt great this week because it's the first proper working week back at work. And we've had a really strong uh, content schedule, which we've ma- kind of mastered now, which I'm really excited about because... You know, we, we've got a process now, we're getting lots of great content out. A lot of people are enjoying the content and we're, we're getting a, a lot of traction with it. So I can see that that makes me incredibly happy because I'm, I haven't got that frustration with content now. You know, we're dropping lots of knowledge bombs on Facebook lives like this. Then we're cutting down that micro content, putting it on Instagram. And I love content. I absolutely love not only creating content, but editing it. Um, and I've got a, an absolute legend, um, David, who does incredible things um, to obviously make that happen, which is always makes me very, very grateful too. So, um, so yeah, I mean, morning and evening routines and ticking boxes and being focused on the right path will always make you feel good, um, and and I think that's why I've been feeling so good this year because I feel that. I'm on the right path with things. I'm doing the things that I wanna do. Um, I'm impacting a lot of people, which makes me incredibly grateful and humble and uh, excited too. We've got over 2000 people that are registered to my 10 day tune-up, which I'm very excited to be doing um, this Monday. And we're gonna be closing our doors at 7 p.m. tonight. So if you haven't signed up to my 10 day tune-up yet, what are you doing? It's free, okay? It's 10 days on me, live home workouts with me, daily check-ins and challenges and I'm going to be picking someone to win a 300 pound prize and did I mention it's free? What we got to do which I'm going to stick on here: www.trainwithj.co.uk click on that link join and you can join the 2,000 other people that have already uh, joined the 10-day tune-up and we'll be starting on Monday which I'm very very excited about we've got 10 challenges over 10 days. We've got daily check-ins and we've got some awesome home workouts. So I hope you'll join us on the 10-day tune-up. It's trainwithj.co.uk. Register, join the Facebook group and get ready to rock and roll. I'm going to be doing a presentation tomorrow to be taking you through everything that you need. Um, but the reality is the only things that you need are a resistance band, uh, a little bit of commitment and a, and a towel because you're going to get very sweaty on uh, the workouts and uh, Jamie just said this final thing do you need equipment for the 10 day tune up only have a box space to use Um, and the answer is no I mean the only thing that I would recommend is a resistance band and if you've got it a dumbbell or kettlebell but that's not essential Uh, another thing that you'll need which I'll just come over here and grab is a sand timer a 15 minute sand timer Because one of the challenges on the 10-day tune-up is to have 15 minutes to yourself every single day. And yes, you can put a timer on your phone, but then you're using technology. And what we want you to do is not use technology. It's just to put that on the desk and do nothing. Do some breathing, do some thinking, do some journaling, and get away from tech and life for 15 minutes a day. Absolute game changer for your mental health too. So that is all the questions there. And... uh, Let's smash into some of the questions that you've got. So ladies and gents, if you do have any questions, of course, this is Q&A with Jay. And if you don't ask questions, you don't get any answers. So make sure that you are asking me those questions and I'll get Louise's up. What books are you looking forward to reading this year? The books that I'm looking forward to reading... To be honest, I don't know. I mean, the thing is I'm very kind of impulsive when it comes to buying books and I have a big collection at the moment, which I'm smashing through. You know, I've got about 10 on my shelf, which I wanna get through um, at the moment. Is there one that I'm really, really looking forward to? Not particularly. I mean, I haven't really looked at what's coming out this year. I'm just smashing through my collection. At the moment, I'm reading, I've got two on the go. Well, I've got three on the go at the moment. I've always got The Daily Stoic on the go. Uh, I read a capt- uh, a title of that every single uh, evening. I am reading The Lives of the Stoics by Ryan Holiday. Absolutely fantastic. It's just delving deep into different uh, Stoics, which is great and I'm reading Cal Newport. So Good They Can't Ignore You or something like that and that's a really good book. My aim really this year is to probably get three books read a month and that's doable because I commit 15 minutes of my time every single morning to read a chapter so I'm getting essentially seven chapters read minimally minimally. Uh, per week which compounded over a year is probably about 30 to 35 books so I know if I just make sure that I keep with that 15 minute commitment I'm going to get a lot of books something else I'm going to be doing this year to make sure that the books go in is I'm going to be talking a lot about about the books on my Instagram stories and I'm also going to be doing a few posts on the things that I've learned because the best way to absorb information is to teach others so if you want to learn more about books it's a case of absorbing applying and teaching others what it is that you've learned and then you'll have a much better understanding and it will go in a hell of a lot better so as I said n- no books I'm really really excited to read because I haven't really looked at the books and I'm just smashing through my current books but I will be letting everybody know the books that I have read and the th- and the knowledge bombs which I've taken uh, away. Lorraine, what do you have planned after the 10-day tune-up? Lorraine, fantastic question. After the 10-day tune-up, we do have a Train With Jay challenge, which is going to be starting the 1st of Feb, which I'm excited about because it's six weeks. Um, It's a fat loss challenge. And the winner, which I can actually officially reveal now, not, of course, the winner, um, but I can get a drum roll going. (laughs) That was a long drum roll. The winner will be getting two and a half thousand. Let me just say it again. Two and a half thousand pounds worth of home gym equipment. Two and a half thousand pounds. Wow. No. I oh, know. The winner of my six-week challenge in starting on Feb, two and a half grand's worth of home gym equipment. You'll, ha- you'll have everything that you need to train at home. And it will be all kind of compacted as well. And it will literally have everything that you need. Some of the latest and greatest equipment, you've got dumbbells, you've got bench, you've got a barbell, you've got plates, you've got everything that you need. So I'm very, very excited about that as a mega prize because, you know, a lot of the gyms have been closed now. And of course, home gym equipment has kind of doubled in price. So to be able to get that as a massive prize is something that I'm very excited about doing. Okay. Simon, difference in TEF of chicken or protein bar? You just come up on my screen, so thought I'd ask. So Simon, firstly, great question. And let me explain to uh, those who don't know about TEF. So TEF basically stands for the thermic effect of food. You actually burn calories when consuming food. And a lot of people go, wait a minute. So you mean if I eat more food, then I'll burn more calories eating the food? And the answer is Yes. But wait, what you have to understand is that you also are eating more food and food contains calories. So the answer isn't to eat more food because although you'll be burning more calories, you'll also be eating more calories. So that's something that's really, really important. Uh, On the secondary thing, the difference in TEF of chicken or a protein bar. Let's just say, for example, that the thermic effect of the TF of a protein bar versus chicken is the difference of maybe, I don't know, let's just say five calories. That's five calories. Now, if we match that calorie to calories, in the protein bar has the same calorie intake as the chicken breast, and there's five calories difference, when we look at this as a greater compounded thing over time, let's just say we have we, we opt for going for the chicken breasts over the protein bar um, every single day. That five calories a day compounded over a week is 40 calories difference. I would argue that you can probably do 16 burpees and burn an extra 40 calories. So when we are getting concerned over something so minimal... I would say don't worry about it because the actual difference in going, right, what the answer to my fat loss is I need to increase my thermic effect of food. And the answer is no, because what we have to understand is the ways that we expend energy are based on certain fundamentals of our total daily energy expenditure. It's our BMR, which is our basal metabolic rate. Um, The way that I explain BMR is if I gave, gave you a solid uppercut knocked you out cold for 24 hours that's how many calories that your body would use up just functioning uh, whilst you're asleep so your coma calories the next thing we have is your non-exercise activity thermogenesis that's that's your fidgeting that's your movement um, beyond exercise etc then we've got thermic effective food and then we've got the thermic effect of activity now when we look at this as a bar Two of the greatest or the biggest amounts, percentages of that total daily energy expenditure is our BMR, which can't really be manipulated or changed too much, uh, unless of course we're losing weight, et cetera, et cetera. And we've got our non-exercise activity thermogenesis, which we can potentially increase up by getting more steps in and you know, being more focused on our movement. So those are the two greatest thing. Well, the the non-exercise activity thermogenesis is definitely something that we can manipulate a lot more But if we compare that to the thermic effect of food, what I'd say is that you're focusing too much on the micro when we should be focusing on the macro. So don't focus on going, well, I'm just going to change my chicken breast for a protein bar. I'm going to change my protein bar for a chicken breast because the difference of 40 calories a week isn't going to make a difference. But getting an extra 2,000 steps in a day, which equates to 10,000 steps, you know, Uh, over Monday to Friday, which then equates 10,000 steps based on your weight is about 400 calories. Just being consciously aware of doing an extra 15-minute movement exercise a day, 10X is my calorie expenditure when compared to changing my protein bar to a chicken breast. So hopefully I didn't confuse people with that, but it's knowing what to focus on and knowing the things to do that make the bigger differences because I'd rather actively focus on moving an extra 2,000 steps a day to expend an extra 400 calories uh, a week than focus on changing my protein bar to a chicken breast to gain an extra 40 calories expended a week because we've 10xed results. So hopefully that made sense uh, and great question Simon, thank you um john with the cold showers did you start with them warm and then whack it down to cold or just go from cold so there's two ways that you can do it you can start your cold shower warm and then go into it but that doesn't for me that doesn't train discipline because you're going into a warm shower and then you're easing yourself into it life doesn't work like that you don't ease yourself into a workout you need to either work out it's it's a binary thing you either work out or you don't And for me, it's you either have a cold shower or you don't. So I like to go cold, get in there, 30 to 45 seconds, and then warm. Because this is exactly the same as the sea. You go in the sea, cold, and then you come out, put clothes on, and you warm up. So for me, we're going to do a cold shower. Cold first, 15 seconds, 30 seconds, 45 seconds, whichever one that you want, and then flip it to warm. That That's probably my recommended way of doing it. But The best way of doing it is this. Go in cold, 15 seconds, 30 seconds. Flick it to hot. Do your shower. Wash your bits. Wash your hair. Wash whatever else you want to wash. And then finish off with a cold shower. Because that will make you feel awesome. Actually finishing off the cold. Starting with the cold, cold finishing with the cold, you'll feel awesome. Trust me. You'll have a massive smile on your face after doing that. Um, okay. So Lee, afternoon, Jamie, looking at ways to increase energy levels. What are your thoughts on creatine? So firstly, ways of increasing energy levels, get more sleep, make sure that you're eating enough food. Um, remove certain things which are draining, such as so, you know too much social media, too much negativity, too much decision fatigue throughout the day. Uh, Thoughts on creatine? Probably one of the most heavily researched supplements and also one of the cheapest. So, definitely something to put in if you are training. And even if you're not, there are many benefits to creatine monohydrate beyond just gains. So, Mark, is it best to do weight and cardio sessions in the same session or switch each day? And the answer to that is always going to be it depends. It depends on time, Uh, it depends on what it is that you're doing so you can add both in you can do them separate you do them together and it all depends on how much time you got you know if i only had time to do three sessions a week and that's the only time that i've got to exercise then i'm going to have to integrate the two in but also understand that you know a lot of my weight training sessions won't have cardio in because i don't do much cardio i do however focus on moving more and getting steps in rather than do the cardio because it's the movement that keeps me lean. Okay, it's actually getting up in the morning and going for the walk, not getting up and going for a run. It's not to say that you know a run or a walk's better or worse. It just depends on the person and your habits and routines. But if I'm in the gym or I'm, I'm lifting weights, I'm lifting weights. I'm not doing any kind of cardio. I'm focused on weight training. I'm focused on you know building muscle. Um, and if I want to go for a run, I'll go for a run. And I, I, te- Percy tend to separate the two, but. You might not have the time or the you know the availability to do that in which case you might need to integrate the two and it all depends on personal preference as well you know I like lifting heavy weights for like eight to ten reps and some people like to do more metabolic CrossFit type sessions and it all depends on what it is that you enjoy there's no right or wrong way because a lot of it comes down to enjo- enjoyment because if you enjoy something you work harder at it and, and you become more consistent with it uh, John, great question, what stretches do you do daily? So at the moment, I have a trigger point ball and I have what's called a tiger tail, which is basically looks like a, a giant rolling pin. And what I'll tend to do is I'll start from my the bottom of my feet and I'll work up. So I'll uh, trigger point ball my feet, I'll work up to the calves, so I'll use the tiger tail on the calves, then I'll use the trigger point ball on the glutes, so I'll stretch up the glutes and hamstrings, then I'll move up to the back, um, I'll stretch off the back, and then I will move um, to the front. I'll stretch off my shoulders. Um, I'll tend to do a lot of groin stretches, uh, and then um, I will do a lot of uh, leg stretches, such as a pigeon stretch, uh, straddles, um, and that that tends to be my entire kind of fifteen minutes. I, you know, I work from the bottom and work my way up, and that I tend to kind of finish on the on my shoulders, on my rhomboids with a trigger point ball and that tends to be the 15 minutes. Um, I do have the full stretch in my training with Jay if you're not in there. Um, Hopefully I will see you in there this year. Um, Dan, would you recommend a protein shake following cardio training as well as resistance training? And the answer is yes and no. I mean, at the end of the day, one of the most important things that you want to do is get adequate amounts of protein in for the day. Uh, Because making sure that you have sufficient amount of protein for the day is going to equate to your progress, not necessarily the timing. However, if you are going to get into the habit of having protein, then having it post-workout can be a beneficial thing. Because it's a habit of, I finished my workout, therefore I have some protein, which contributes to my overall protein intake for the day, which when focused on is going to produce the result. It's not necessarily the anchoring effect of, oh, I it's it's the post-workout protein that's going to produce the gains it's the overall being aware of how much protein that you need to consume on a daily basis that is going to have the gains so um, my answer to that would be yes but make sure that you know at the end of the day if you only just have your post-workout shake and your protein intake isn't sufficient for the day then it's not going to be effective so make sure that your daily protein intake uh, is uh, effective Carolina, great question. How do you get over a major failure? Um, It's the way that you think about it. You look at it as a major failure. I would look at it as major feedback. You don't learn anything from a perfect week. You learn from making fuck-ups and mistakes. And the most successful person in the world or the most successful people in the world aren't people who get it right first time. They're usually people who get it right the, the 15th time. The 20th time. The great thing about a major failure is that you've learned what not to do. And hopefully that's painful enough so that you don't experience that again. One thing I would say of a major failure is to make sure that it doesn't affect you continuing on. Because a lot of people will get a failure and then they will stop doing that thing. Don't allow yourself to be stopped doing that based on one failure. There's two things um, what you sh- we should have to understand. There's failure and there's failing. Failing. So we've got failure and we've got failing. Failure is throwing in the towel and giving up. Failing is a natural part of success. It's something that we do to get the success. So if you've had a major failure, look at it as a good thing. You've had major feedback, what not to do. Now it's about focusing on what, where to go from now and now how to tweak and change it so the next time you attempt whatever it is that you're trying to do it becomes a success because there's lots of lessons to be learned in failure if you allow yourself to learn those lessons if you don't learn the lessons then there's only going to be a matter of time before you make that failure again and a habit what's what's the word A, a lesson will repeat itself until it is learned so if you are getting a negative feedback lesson consistently, it, it means it's telling you something. It's telling you that that's not the way to do it and you need to think of something else. And it doesn't mean stop. It means think of a different way of doing it. So look at it as a, uh, a positive thing, okay? Um, so, okay. Okay. Let's get one more. Um, Lynn said, can you train at all with a broken shoulder? And the answer is yes, of course. Not training the shoulder, but doing things around it. I mean, as as I remember in the film 300, when he loses an eye, he turns around to um, Maximus and goes, it's just an eye. So if we have that same kind of you know, humorous approach to say it's just a broken shoulder. We need to think of other things that we can do around it, most importantly, that don't aggravate it. So don't try and work through a broken shoulder. The most important thing for you is rest and recovery, but understand that there are other things that you can do um, whilst that repairs and recover. And one of the biggest mistakes that so many people get is that they get an injury and then they allow that to affect their entire training regime. You know, if someone say, "Oh, I've, I pulled a muscle in my in my chest," so I haven't been to the gym for six months, and it's like, well, let let's not blame the pull pulling of the muscle. Let's just let let's just blame yourself for giving up and knowing that it is difficult, it is very very difficult when you've had a setback to carry on. But we just need to look at it as a plot twist, very much like twenty twenty. You know, things have been a bit out of whack. Of course, the whole, everyone's lives have been upside down, but there are different ways of doing things, okay? Pivoting, changing, adapting. And if you become that person that, you know, adapts to that change, you're going to win the game. Okay, I think that's it. Um, Yeah, I think that's about it. Cool. Cool. Ladies and gents, a great QA session. First thing I just want to say, thank you ever so much for tuning in. Uh, if you like this, most importantly, please share it so other people get the wisdom too. If you haven't signed up to my 10 day tune up yet, we're going to be closing our doors at 7 pm tonight. I will be jumping on at 6.30 to make sure that people will be signing up before we close our doors because I'd hate for you to miss out on free live workouts, uh, free check ins and challenges. And uh, an incredible Facebook group, which we've created, which has got lots of legends in already. So trainwithjay.co.uk, make sure that you've registered and join us. We're going to be starting on Monday. I'm going to be doing a live stream tomorrow to take you through everything. And it's going to be a fantastic 10 days, getting you some new habits and routines and or getting back into the swing of things with your habits and routines and getting you fired up and focused for what is going to be an awesome 10-day challenge. That is it for me, ladies and gents. Have a fantastic Friday. Enjoy your weekend. Have a good one, and I will speak to you soon. Adios. None of you people can tell me to stop. My town, my crown. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We reaching the top. We reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top.